Welcome to C3 Church, Queen's Beach. We believe Jesus Christ gives life to the full and we are called to live it and share it. We pray you enjoyed this message today. Hello, everybody. Our sister has already welcomed me so beautifully, so you know who I am. And yes, I do feel like I have a part of my heart here at Queen's Beach. I think I always have. I'm actually in this role because you guys were born. And so there's, I don't know, there's an attachment there somewhere where I just have such a heart of love for you guys. So thank you, Nicole and Steve, for the always privilege and the invitation to come and share together today. Have you ever had the alarm go off in the morning, heard that beeping noise, hit snooze, pulled the doona back up over your head, sighed and thought, I'm just going to hide in here. I don't want to do the day. Is it just me? No, there's a few hands. Awesome. Okay, we have some like-minded people. Have you ever left a message on red because you didn't want to respond? This one I won't ask you to put your hands up for. But have you ever made up appointments or hidden behind your children or your pets as an excuse not to be around difficult people or in uncomfortable situations? I know I have. In other words, have you ever hidden? And you might not have actually done those things, but you might have felt like doing those things. That that desire to escape, to hide, it's human, isn't it? It's, it's a part of our lives. So if we look in the Bible, it seems that we are in some very good company. Yes. When it comes to hiding, running away, trying to bargain with God to get out of doing difficult things, Adam and Eve, Moses, Saul, Jonah, Jeremiah, Gideon, Elijah, Paul, Peter. And that's just the start of the list. All have moments of running, hiding, complaining, arguing with God, procrastinating or lying to avoid doing what God has called them to do. So it's good to know, isn't it, that people that we see as great in the Bible are just as reluctant to be adults as we sometimes are. Yes. So preparing to come here today, as Pastor Steve said, I have been praying longer than a week though because originally I was going to be here last week until I realised that I was actually going to be driving about an hour and a half south of Perth at the time that you were meeting. So beautiful Eden and I swapped. Thank you, sister, for tagging out. So for a while now I've been sitting in this space of prayer and Holy Spirit posed a question and it is, are we hiding from God or hidden in him and I knew this question wasn't just for me so church let's sit in that today are we hiding from God or hidden in him so let's take a little closer look at some of these people in the Bible the original hiders were of course Adam and Eve okay to summarize their story God created them made them a beautiful garden where they lived an idyllic lifestyle communing with the Lord walking with him living in the garden of Eden until the serpent enters and confuses and tempts Eve and then she and Adam both choose to disobey and eat the fruit sin and then they have this knowledge of good and evil and suddenly they realize they are naked and they hastily stitch together some fig leaves and then in Genesis 3 8 it says Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day, and they hid from the Lord among the trees of the garden. 
So here we have Adam and Eve hiding from the all-knowing God in their sin and nakedness. Seems sensible, right? <laughs> Jonah. Jonah's story starts with, and the word of the Lord came to Jonah. And so we have Jonah. He's a man of God. He's a prophet. He hears from the Lord. And he's told, go and preach in Nineveh. And then two verses later, it says, but Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for that port. So he geographically decides to head off in the opposite direction. So Jonah is hiding on a boat from God in his fear and disobedience. Elijah. I really like Elijah. He's an amazing man. Oh my goodness. Elijah just had an amazing and supernatural experience where God sends fire down from heaven, defeats hundreds of prophets of Baal, followed by a supernatural and prophetic calling in of rain in a time of drought, followed by a supernatural equipping to run fast enough to beat Ahab riding a horse. So these three beautiful, supernatural, amazing things. And yet when Jezebel says, I'm going to kill you, in 1 Kings 19.3, it says, Elijah was afraid and ran for his life. When he came to Beersheba in Judah, he left his servant there while he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came to a broom bush, sat down under it and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life. I am no better than my ancestors. Then he lay down under the bush and fell asleep. Anyone else ever said, I've had enough, Lord? And here we have Elijah hiding under a bush in intimidation and frustration. Now, looking at these examples, you might be sitting there feeling kind of comfortable. You can compare yourself quite favourably because you guys are in church. You're not hiding on a boat. You're not asleep under a bush. So you're doing very well. Okay, so far, so good. But let's look at Peter. We're going to pick up on Peter's story after Jesus has been arrested. In Matthew 26, 57, it says, Those who had arrested Jesus took him to Caiaphas, the high priest, where the teachers of the law and the elders assembled. But Peter followed at a distance, right up to the courtyard of the high priest. He entered and sat down with the guards to see the outcome. And then jumping down to verse 69. Now Peter was sitting out in the courtyard and a servant girl came up to him. You were with Jesus of Galilee, she said, but he denied it before them all. I don't know what you're talking about, he said. I can just imagine his discomfort. I don't know what you're talking about. Then he went out to the gateway where another servant girl saw him and said to the people there, this fellow was with Jesus of Nazareth. He denied it again with an oath. I don't know the man. After a little while, those standing there went up to Peter and said, surely you are one of them. Your accent gives you away. Then he began to call down curses and he swore to them, I don't know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. Then Peter remembered the word Jesus had spoken. Before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. And he went outside and wept bitterly. Peter is hiding in plain sight. He's near Jesus, but not with him. He's hiding in lies and denial. Sometimes we can be in that position too. Hiding leads to nakedness and vulnerability. Hiding brings storms into our lives. It can lead to depression, death wishes and giving up. It can lead to cursing, lying and weeping. 
waiting is not a place of fruitfulness. It's a place of shutdown, and God cannot use us in that place. We cannot be effective there. So what causes us to hide? What causes us to hide in plain sight? Well, the short answer is life. Am I cheering you up yet? <laughs> I hope things will get better. Things happen that cause us to doubt God's goodness. Okay? Anyone else had one of those experiences or a hundred of those? Yep, exactly. And we might not hide out completely, but like Peter, we can be Jesus adjacent. We can sound like we are a follower of Jesus. Our accent can label us such. We can look like we're fully engaged, but we're not. We can be hiding a part of our heart, sometimes out of self-protection, disappointment, offence or woundedness. We can be present but not engaged. We can be hiding our God-given gifts away so that we won't feel vulnerable in stepping out and using them. Things happen. Bad things. Things that we can't explain. Things that don't go to plan. And so we fear and distrust God and it's easier to hide than feel vulnerable or out of our depth. And if we think about Peter in this moment, he didn't understand what was going on. Even though Jesus had uh, prophesied all of this, it wasn't Jesus, uh, Peter's idea of a Messiah to watch him be arrested and sentenced to death. So Peter is really, really vulnerable here. He believes that Jesus is the Messiah, but the plan is not going to plan. And I think if we're honest, we've all experienced seasons like that in our lives. So one of the worst times in my life, that's a good example of this, was when my brother-in-law had a massive heart attack at the age of 53. He went into a coma and he never recovered. Even though the doctors had told us that he was unlikely to wake up, a number of us had a strong conviction that we were to pray for him to be resurrected. Family, friends, other pastors, all in agreement. God works in the unlikely, right? There's faith for that. But Craig died. About six months later in a prayer meeting at church, Holy Spirit showed me that I had stopped praying for anybody to be healed. I was hiding. I didn't want to pray. I was actively avoiding opportunities to do so. Pretty much if you needed help, I was running the other direction. Not good when you're a pastor. <laughs> And I was ignoring strong promptings to pray, particularly for healing, because I was scared of the disappointment and I was scared of more death, and so I hid. So how do we move from hiding from God to being hidden in him? How do we do that? And is it actually worth it? Is it worth the effort? <laughs> So in Ephesians, Paul writes to the people at the church in Ephesus and he says this, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing in Christ. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love he predestined us for adoption to sonship and daughtership through Jesus Christ, in accordance with his pleasure and will, 
to the praise of his glorious grace, which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Oh, so good. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us. With all wisdom and understanding, he made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. To be put into effect when the times reach their fulfilment, to bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the power of his will, in order that we who were the first to put our hope in Christ, might be for the praise of his glory. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit, who is a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession, to the praise of his glory. For this reason... Ever since I've heard about your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for God's people, I have not stopped giving thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, and his incomparably great power for those who believe. So, here we read that in him, hidden in him, we are chosen, adopted, redeemed, forgiven, offered grace, given wisdom and revelation, saved, sealed with Holy Spirit and empowered with his great power. Now that list, I want that list rather than the other list. The hiding list, not so cool. This one in him is so glorious. So being hidden in Christ is worth the trouble, right? It's worth us pursuing at this, positioning ourselves for this. But if we look again at the people in the Bible that we just talked about, God pursues them. God brings them back. So yes, we need to be surrendered. Yes, we need to open our hearts. But the effort is not as big as we sometimes fear that it's going to be. And it's, it's less painful and it's, it's more full of God's nature of mercy and grace and kindness. So let's go back and have a look. Adam and Eve. In Genesis 3.9 it says, But the Lord God called to the man, Where are you? So God is searching for them. And in Genesis 3.21, the Lord God made garments of skin for Adam and his wife and clothed them. <coughs> God moves them from being hiding in their sin and nakedness to being clothed, loved, scooped up. Yes, there are consequences, but there's such kindness in what he does there in that moment. Jonah, he is drowning in the ocean. Jonah 1.17, now the Lord provided a huge fish to swallow Jonah. Sometimes the blessing of God doesn't look like what we expect, people, but it's a blessing. It saved him from drowning. So let's 
be open to the weird and wonderful ways God might rescue us. Jonah 2.10, the Lord commanded the fish and vomited Jonah onto dry land again. Ew, but again, he's safe. He's now on dry land. Doesn't matter how he got there. Jonah 3.1, then the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time. Jonah is moved out of hiding in disobedience and fear to rescued and given a second chance. Anyone else like a second chance sometimes? Definitely. Elijah. God sends an angel to feed and guide Elijah and after he's had a second nap, there's a couple of naps involved in this redemption process, which I quite relate to. Like there's food and there's sleeping. Like what more could we want? 1 Kings 19.9 says, And the word of the Lord came to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Again, God is calling to him. What are you doing in this wrong place? I've come to find you. In 1 Kings 19, 11, the Lord said, Go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord, for the Lord is about to pass by. 1 Kings 19, 15, the Lord said to him, Go back the way you came and go to the desert of Damascus. When you get there, anoint Hazel king over Aram. So Elijah is taken out of a place of hiding in intimidation and frustration. He's so mad at God's people. To a place of God's miraculous provision, the intimacy of his presence invites him, come and stand on my mountain, I'm going to pass by. And clear future direction. So beautiful, so kind. Elijah was ready to quit and die, but God meets him and changes his whole direction. And if you guys could come back, that would be wonderful. And then we come to Peter. In John 21, it records a really beautiful interaction with Peter and some other disciples with the risen Jesus, meeting them after they've had a night of fruitless fishing. He then says to them, fish on the other side and I'll fill your nets, and that happens. And then Jesus cooks breakfast. I'd quite like that, actually. I think that would be a lovely way to spend time with Jesus. And then he seeks Peter out in a specific conversation, and he says to Peter, do you love me? So he calls him back into that place of intimate relationship. And as he charges him a number of times with, do you love me? He replies with, feed my sheep and grow my church and calls him again to his God-given purpose. And in Acts 2, on the day of Pentecost, Peter, among the other disciples, is filled with Holy Spirit and he preaches quite an epic sermon at the end of which it culminates in 3,000 people being added to the church that day. So Peter is taken out of hiding and lying and denying and confusion, but he repents and is restored by Jesus to a place of being filled by Holy Spirit and fulfilling his God-given purpose. So church, where are we at today? I just invite you to close your eyes for a minute. Is God asking you, where are you? Is God asking, why are you here in this place? It's not quite where I've destined you to be. Is Holy Spirit asking again, do you love me? Do you, do you remember that I love you? Are you close? 
And when I had a revelation that I wasn't praying for people, what I realised is that God showed me this picture like I'd made a room in my heart where I'd nailed some wood together and put up some walls and there was no door in that. I'd, I'd created like a room in my heart where nobody could go and God wasn't allowed either. And I just see that in some of your hearts that things have happened and you've walled up some things in behind little rooms in your heart. God is kind. And he's not here to condemn today at all. This question, are you hiding from me or hidden in me, is an invitation. And so Holy Spirit, we just pray right now that you would come and fall on us. That you would shine a light onto where our hearts are at right now in the name of Jesus. And Lord, where we are hiding, where we are withholding, where we are hurting, Help us to see you coming to find us and meet us in that place. Help us not to fear what you'd call us to, but to know that it's more beautiful than we could ask or imagine. So church, we're going to stand in a moment and we're going to sing again together. And I know God just wants to meet us where we're at today in such a gentle and beautiful and healing way. And I know there's some who just perhaps need to come and do a little bit of business with God and come down onto the altar and just as we sing, just allow Holy Spirit to deconstruct the wall in your heart, heal the wound, meet you where you're at. And there's a few others who are feeling like, oh, I don't even want to do that. And you actually need someone to stand with you. Just like Elijah needed an angel to visit him, we need someone to help us. And so if that's you, I'd love for you to come and stand now that near the drums. If you'd just like to sing and, and do your own thing, you can either stay in your seats or come down to the altar on the other side. And I do feel out of obedience that I need to also say I feel like God wants to heal today. And I've actually seen a couple of sore backs. One is a lower back and one is up more around your shoulders. So if that's you, I'm happy to pray for you in obedience. Come on, Lord. <laughs> and I've also seen something to do with eyes. I don't know what that is. So if someone has something going on with their eyes, then Holy Spirit wants to heal that too. So church, let's stand. so much for joining us today on this podcast. We encourage you to let this word further help you live and share the life to the full that Jesus gives. If you want to check out more of our upcoming events, service times, locations, or to give online, head to c3hh.com.au forward slash give.